Happy birthday, Bob. <clears throat> oh, my, oh, my thank you. Mm. It's not actually my birthday yet. It, uh, your birthday will have passed by the time people listen to this. That's true. So we're in a weird time zone right now. <laughs> we are in the future past. <laughs> Bob, we might have talked about this every year on July 4th, but do you know who you share your birthday with? Um, Something very I, interesting. I know several people that I share it with. Who are, who are you thinking of? Thomas Jefferson. Oh, yeah. That's one of them. Who wrote the Declaration of Independence. Wait, he did what? Why- <laughs> I'm just kidding. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler and alert. I think, uh, and I think John Adams. Trivia. Who's John Adams? I feel like, yeah, I feel like John Adams is on that list as well. Um, I don't exactly remember. Facts checking right now. I know several of, it's weird. I actually know several people personally that have a July 4th birthday. And, yep. but oh, every, no, he died on July 4th. Oh. Ah. John Adams. Never mind. But every time I talk to somebody, they're always like, or if they see my ID or something, they're like, oh, you're, you're July 4th. That's so crazy. And I'm like, not really. I mean, it's like a day of the year, like every other day of the year. <laughs> Aren't you excited? Don't you think that all the fireworks are for you? Actually, I did think that growing up. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and it's always been really nice. Hey, I just found a list of people, and I've heard of one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of pop culture people. Really, I don't. One of Obama's daughters. That's the yeah. only person. Oh wait, Calvin Coolidge. Oh yeah, him too. Those are the only people on this list I've ever seen before in my life. So, yeah, yeah. See, it's not it's not that special. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have big plans this weekend. What are you doing? Uh, we have well, we have a lot of friends coming in town, which is really cool. Every year, around the fourth. Not for my birthday, but just around the 4th. My parents have a big um, kind of family get-together thing. But a lot of people are invited, not just my family. But the cool thing about it is it's both sides. So my parents, my dad's family, my mom's family, they're extended in both directions. We try to get everybody together uh, at their house. They try to get everybody together. And uh, they always rent like a big inflatable slip inside and cook like a giant meal and, you know, uh, it's just a big day full of hanging out and there's always fireworks at the end of the day and stuff. So that's this weekend. But even before that, we starting today, we have friends coming in town from Savannah and we have, let's see, uh, two separate people coming by themselves and then three separate couples. Two of those couples have children and oh my God. they're all coming and they're all going to stay at our house. And they're like, not all at the same time. They're kind of overlapping throughout from now till hmm. next Monday. But it's going to be crazy and it's going to be fun just to have a lot of wow. people. And and a lot of them have never been here since we moved. So that's pretty cool. You know, they'll get to see the new house and, you know, see what's up. So it'll be awesome to hang out with people. Kelly and I usually host a big 4th of July party on the beach at Lake Erie. And uh, this is the first year we're actually not doing it. We were down at the beach. Uh, my grandparents have this cottage. It's, it's right on Lake Erie. And I was down there visiting my mom a couple weeks ago. And there's no beach. Like, the water is so high. There's only, like, 10 feet of nasty, ugly beach right now because um, of weather, weather patterns and such. And it's just washed up all this crap up on shore. And so don't think we're having a party this year yeah, that's a bummer yeah we got stuff to do around the house anyway so hmm 
Like make me a birthday present? Like make you a birthday present. Pack. Because yesterday was our one year anniversary of moving into the house. And we still haven't finished unpacking. Although uh, (laughs) Kelly's on vacation this week. So that's the the plan is to finish getting settled into the new house. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what have you guys been up to? What have you been working on? Doing? Well, I'm in the... the uh, planning stages of making it's like a, a liquor cabinet slash bar for for the one room and uh, it, it's a uh, it's ve- it's going to be very custom because there's this weird section of the room that kind of bumps out and i'm going to build uh, it's going to be a little built in into that and i have to work around these shelves that are already there but uh, i think we're going to buy a little mini fridge and it's going to be built around this little mini fridge and and uh um, of course, it's going to be walnut and uh, a modern look. So that's what I'm working on. That video won't be out for, it's going to be a bigger project. So it's, it'll be a couple mm. weeks before it comes out. Sweet. Yeah. Are you like, so last week you said that you, you know, weren't going to do a video because you had a bunch of stuff around the house mm-hmm. and stuff that you were wanting to work on. Are you making progress on those things that were... Yes. Kind of forefront of your mind. <laughs> Actually, yes. Um, we took care of some um, some yard stuff, outdoor stuff, and I made a lot of progress on the website this past week. And uh, my buddy uh, just started his own app development company with three other people. And uh, they're going to help me with a couple things within my website. Um, so... It's a Squarespace site, so you're kind of limited by templates, but um, apparently there's a developer mode in Squarespace that allows you to do uh, crazy things, and so we're going to start working on that. And hopefully, I know I said I was going to launch the site back in June, um, but that got delayed, so hopefully it will launch here in in July. Oh, and uh, I just got the contract for my new book so i will be starting my new my third book here Ooh. this summer sweet yeah wow. which i am not looking forward to because it, <laughs> I, I always <laughs> when it comes to actually working on the book i'm like i don't have time for this but when the book is done it's it's very rewarding so it'll pay off and it's all part of the, the the future of of make something it's having multiple streams of income that's cool. Yeah. Is the plan still the same for the book? I mean, everything's still... Yes, yes, yep. Yeah. Um, did we talk about what the book was? We did. I don't know if that was in the after show or the main show. Uh, yeah, I'm but not, not going to talk about the subject of the book just yet. Well, okay. Yeah. Maybe you just told us offline. Yeah, I want to... Um, because it's not even going to come out until next spring, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Gotcha. Cool. Is it a it's a workshop technique? Is this or is it going to be some shop shop? It's stuff? a. Is there going to be a novel? Uh, it'll be. Um, it's not definitely not not a novel. I'm the wrong person for that. Uh, <laughs> Murder mystery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it'll be uh, smaller items. You could probably sell at a craft show or make for your home, but there's a theme around those items. Cool. Cool. All neon green items that you they, can sell at a craft show. And the secret is out. Yep, sorry. <laughs> Busted. Cool. Jimmy, what have you been up to? Oh, sorry. I'm, uh, I, I haven't been really sleeping, so I'm so tired. 
I keep yawning and covering my mouth. Um, the other day I was doing my vlog and in the, uh, so I, I posted my vlog Saturday, uh, Sunday. And then I, it, I finally hit publish at about one thirty in the morning and it was itching. Uh, it was itching at me, this bolt situation where I needed this, this certain size bolt, which that was apparently is obsolete. And so I went right out into the machine shop and I made one from like one to 4 AM and I was became slightly obsessive about it. And then all day yesterday, I made a video of me making a second one. Uh, I had a couple of failed attempts because, you know, the first one, I was kind of lucky that it worked. And then the second one didn't work because my cutting head shifted. When you cut threads, it's really important that everything stay in timing. And then my cutting head shifted while I was in the middle of cutting. So I went from putting a groove between threads to eliminating the ones I had already made. So uh, I had to start over. And uh, so I've been obsessively learning about uh, making threaded bolts and doing some of that. And then also uh, working on my big giant razor blades. I had five laser cut at an outside service. And so I'm putting bevels on them. So I did a lot of, a lot of machine shop stuff in the last uh, few days. And again, just because I get a little obsessive about stuff, I go right out there in the middle of the night and just went right, right to work. And also the canoe. The canoe, I'm at a point now with the canoe where the pieces that I'm gluing on are in severe stress. They, they kind of go flat at the ends and then kind of curl up and they will go flat in the middle and curl up at the ends. And so everything is, is in a lot of tension. So I can only glue one strip and then wait an hour or two, glue the opposite side and then just wait and just leave, let them both dry. So where I was adding two a day, now I'm adding one a day you know, to each side. Ooh. So that's pairs and working my way up. And... Uh, it's funny, the other night I was working with the lights dimmed. I didn't realize, because I actually didn't, the electric was disconnected for a few minutes while they're working on the trench. And I was working at, at sundown. And I'm out there just making sure I can get some stuff done before the light goes away. And I screwed up my my pattern. I glued two dark ones together. I was doing dark light, dark light, dark light. And so I glued two dark ones together and I went out in the morning. There's like nothing I could do. Uh. So. So the pattern is a little janky from one side to the other. Good thing, though, for the most of the time, you'll only see one <laughs> side at a time. <laughs> so that's true. That's problems. a good life lesson. You can't be on both sides of a canoe at the same time. I like that. Yeah. Exactly. So. It should be a T-shirt. <laughs> but you can look at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fair enough. <laughs> but it, it'll look like a conscious decision. I was able to look to kind of recover. So I made two dark on one side and too light on the other and then the pattern starts again it just looks like a mistake but anyway (laughs) (laughs) there's not much i could do about it because they have a cove on them you can't just remove them if i remove them i would need a cove i mean if it was severely important i could probably fix it but i wasn't up for the challenge so i just kept going and uh then i'm getting close to closing up the bottom i'm still i still got a few days to go but that thing has to be done by august 30th that's when I have to turn my movie in because that's a Filson sponsored video. Oh. And uh, yeah, the, the timing is all such that the, they can open the store. Well, at the store opening, my canoe will be there. And I'm starting to realize that September 23rd is the opening of the Filson store and also the same weekend as Maker Fair. So I probably will be in both places if I can figure it out how to do it. Because I don't think I'll have to be at the Filson store all day. So I think I can be at Maker Fair in the morning and at Filson in the afternoon and to the evening. Right so, on. 
people have been asking me, and so that's what my schedule I think is going to be September twenty third. I've been trying to decide if I'm going to go to that Maker Fair or not. I'm I just got back from traveling, and I'm so I'm kind of at the moment burnt on traveling. But oh, it's tough, right? I, I went away. I, I think did I go? Have I been back from California since we talked? I think I have. Yeah, yeah. Last week, yeah. you were telling us yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So that's in the vlog. But uh, Bob, tell us about your trip to Idaho. Well, I will in a second. But I had a question. I saw on Instagram yeah. you have a swing in your shop now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, Patrick, my uh, electro, my electric, my my electrician. Patrick is my electrical project manager. He's doing mm. some installation, but he's also managing the electrical company and the installers and stuff. Asking them and giving them questions I otherwise wouldn't even know what to ask. So Pat's my project manager for the electric. He surprised Taylor because since we've had the barn, Taylor keeps saying, I want to swing right here in the middle. I want to swing right here in the middle. And so he came over the other day and goes, hey, I had this swing that my son made in high school shop class. Let's engrave Taylor's name on it. And we did. And then we put it up. Uh, he put it up because we have the the scissor lift. So that was funny. So we every once in a while, I have nothing to do. I go sit on the swing and think. <laughs> well, in That's between awesome. glue ups. Yeah, so it's fun. And we have a little pulley to pull it all the way over to the side, so it's out of the way. Uh, so I'm not sure if it'll stay there forever, but it's there for now. Gotcha. So, that was yeah, one of the questions. Fun. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's fun, and that will definitely get in the way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really just temporary. I mean, probably ultimately it'll get taken down, but it was just a fun thing. Yeah. Because right now the shop is still obviously well under construction, and uh, so we could pull it out of the way. You should put a fun. giant cargo net across the entire shop about halfway up, and then do like a like a high trapeze. wire, yeah, trapeze or a high wire or something across the the pitch. That'd be so cool. That's funny because I've been thinking about setting up a high wire because I have some like circus friends, and uh, I see how they practice high wire where it's only just a couple feet above the ground. So I thought about doing that because I think Taylor would be interested in that. Yeah. So and yep. then when we get really good at it, we'll put it right across like the middle of the upstairs with nothing underneath it, and we'll do the flying. The rest is terrible. <laughs> stand on my shoulders, and we'll both have really long, wide sticks. Uh, the flying Duresta's. <laughs> I'm going to use that for the episode title right now. Oh, man. Um, so, <laughs> hang on. I'm going to write that down so I don't forget it. <laughs> How can you forget um, that? Yeah, I probably won't, but just in case. <clears throat> yeah, so I just got back from Boise which I learned very quickly. It's Boise, not Boise. I say it wrong. Boise? Yeah, we all say it wrong. Apparently, only people that live there say it correctly, and if you don't say it correctly, they call you out on it. Gotcha. Um, no, but they were all super cool. So, yeah, I was there for um, the Craft and Commerce uh, conference, and it was put on by ConvertKit, which actually, during the conference, they changed their name from ConvertKit to Seva. What? Yeah, it was like a big... Yeah, they uh, Nathan, the guy that owns the company, uh, came out and you know was like talking through a bunch of new features that they're adding. It's this is the email software for anybody who doesn't know. This is the email service that I use to send out my newsletter stuff and hold my email list. And so he came out and talked about a bunch of new features, things that they're adding to make it easier and make it better, and all this. And then he was like, "Oh yeah, and one more thing, we're changing the name of the company." <laughs> and it was they have a really good reason. It was. Um, they're they're kind of shifting some of their stuff to be more service focused. So they're doing a lot of like uh, stuff for their clients, for their customers, but also they're they're supporting a bunch of service organizations through the company. It was pretty cool. Anyway, so 
this new name for them means selfless service. Oh. And so they're shifting. They're kind of shifting the company's direction a little bit to, well, actually, they're changing the name to match where the company has already shifted in the last year or so. So that, I thought that was kind of cool. But this whole conference was, all right, so this may take a little bit, but I want to tell you about the whole weekend, okay? <clears throat> they asked me to speak at this thing, and they asked David to speak at this last year, and he didn't do it. Um, they asked me to speak, and the only reason that I was like, you guys are both muted, so I didn't hear what you said. I said I couldn't because I was, I was at VidCon. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I didn't know the reasoning. Anyway, so like when they asked me to do it, I was like, well, I don't know what this conference is about. You know, I don't know, I don't have a point of context, but I saw that Pat Flynn was speaking and Casey Neistat were speaking. And I was like, well, that would be cool because maybe I'll get to hang out with both of them. I'll at least get to hear them talk. You know, that would be nice. And so I said, okay. And then they um, they asked me to come up with a, a topic for the talk. And I said, well, is there like a theme for the weekend? Like, do you have something you want me to talk about? And they said, no. <laughs> and I'm like, that's cool in one way because it gives me a lot of freedom. It's not cool in the other way because I don't know why anybody's going to the conference. I don't know who's going to the conference. I don't know what type of people. I don't know what to talk to them about. You know, I go to Maker Fair and like we can talk to anybody at Maker Fair. Any random person that shows up at that event, we have something in common with them. So we know how to talk to them. We know we have a point of, of context. And like with these people, I didn't know. I had no clue why they were there or who they were. And so I had some stuff on my mind about generalism, uh, being a generalist versus a specialist. And we talked about this in the after show, but not really in the main show. So I came up with this, this whole talk about uh, the differences between being a specialist expert type and being a generalist, which is a little more what all of us are. And that sounds like not a big deal in our maker world. Because a lot of people, even if they are a really good woodworker, they're probably also a this or a that, you know, and they do some other stuff. And that's pretty common. But I think we're kind of weirdos in that sense, because in a lot of other industries, like you have to be the best one at that thing to get noticed. And so I came with this whole talk and it was essentially giving people permission to be a generalist. Hmm. And so I wrote this thing ahead of time, and I, they, they gave us access to the speaking coach. We had like an hour uh, scheduled with this guy. And he, he coaches all these people you know, who speak a lot and stuff. And so I went through the talk with him, and he gave me some really great feedback and some, a couple things to like emphasize and everything. And at the end of it, I said, well, you know, like, I, I don't know if this is going to hit. I don't know if it's going to be the right audience. I don't know. And he said, well, here's the thing. I've talked to everybody who's talking. And I've heard all of the speeches and yours is left field different from everybody else. And that's a good thing. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, it, that sounds nice, but I don't really know what that means. That would have made me more nervous. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, but he said, you know, it's important make sure you, you know, feel confident here. It, it, this is a good thing. So I go into the weekend with an outline of this talk had not fully fleshed out, not practiced. <clears throat> So I spend the five hour of plane flight out there just like, oh no, I have to finish this thing. <laughs> and so I like write it. I, I put in slides like images as illustrations and everything. And I write that. And it's only a 20 minute talk. So I'm, I'm like going through and I'm like filling it out, trying to make, you know, personal examples and do all this stuff. And I fly in. I get there at 11 o'clock in the morning. 
the practice, the onstage like rehearsal thing is at like four. And so I get there and I'm still just not really feeling done with it. So I go to the hotel. I like practice it in front of the computer a couple of times. I walk over there. I get on stage. There's nobody in the room except for the sound guys. And they're like, okay, go. And I'm like, ah, okay. And I run through it and I'm all anxious and nervous and feeling weird about it. And I'm talking to nobody and everything. And this is all, you know, very quick, right? So I wrote it on the plane. I get there. I'm practicing. I go right up on stage and I'm like practicing it on stage. And then I'm done. And I have to wait until Sunday morning. (laughs) I have to wait basically two days to actually do the thing. So in that gap of that, I was just so like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know anybody here. I still don't feel confident about the talk. And, you know, it was it was a weird for me. It was a weird Saturday of um, a little bit of anxiety and just feeling kind of out of place and not I still didn't really know anybody there. And I met a couple of people throughout the talks and, and and the main stage talks were really good. They were all from all different types of people, entrepreneurs about different topics and stuff. And, um, you know, so woke up Sunday morning, did my, I practiced it one more time to get it back fresh in my brain uh, and went out and I was the third talk Sunday morning. And the, the girl that was right before me uh, was really awesome. And she had a great talk and she was also a YouTuber. But her talk was like... <laughs> Basically saying, I started out doing all these different things and I found that it wasn't working. So I had to narrow my focus and narrow my focus until I got one thing. And that was the thing I was going to do on YouTube. And so everybody claps. She walks off the stage and I walk up and I'm like, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say the opposite of what she just said and what other people, many other people have said in this very spot. And so I felt really kind of weird about it. But I also knew from hearing other people say, you got to be an expert. You have to figure out how to stand out in your field. That got me kind of like, okay, like I have something different to offer now in context, you know, that's really different than what everybody else has been saying. And so it, it, at the very least, I have a point of reference there. And so I did the talk and it it went fine. I felt really comfortable. I got it all done. It just barely get fit into the time and everything. So then I got off stage and <laughs> as soon as there was one talk after me, and then we kind of stood by the door and people could walk by and talk to us and stuff. And I had a bunch of people from that moment through the rest of the thing come up and be like, that was so good. You did such a great job. And I'm so glad that you said what you said, because I was feeling like I'm wrong here. Like, I'm not a specialist. I'm not the best at this. Because one of the points I tried to make is like, if you, if you measure success by being the best at something, then everybody but one person is screwed. There's only one best. There's only one top. There's only one first. And everybody else, if that's your measure, then everybody else is a failure. So you can look at things as being like, I'm only successful if, uh, you know, if I'm the best or I'm the expert or I'm the whatever. And that's that's like a pretty crappy way to live because, you know, you're probably not going to get there. And so I had a lot of people come up and say like, that meant a lot to like, deflate some of the worry that I was building as these people were saying, like, you have to be the best. You have to be the, the one that is known for X. And so it ended up at the end of the week, the second day was really good because I got, that gave me a point of context to start talking to a bunch of people. And I met a bunch of people through that conversation. So it ended up being great. And I met some amazing people that I will call friends now. 
<clears throat> and um, but man, that first day was. No <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I don't know why I'm here, uh-uh. feeling like total, you know, imposter syndrome. Like I don't know. Um, a couple things though. So Casey talked on Saturday, and what's funny is. A lot of everybody likes Casey's videos, right? Everybody can agree that he's a great storyteller. He has tons of energy on video, but I've never honestly had that like fanboy thing about him that a lot of people have. That's just like everything Casey does is awesome, and he's I want to meet him, and he's the best, and he's the, the, the you know. I've just never really felt that, um, and I had a, a certain type of respect for him after listening to him talk on stage in full sentences, unedited, at his own pace. I was really, really impressed because he's very, very articulate. And actually, I listened to his podcast yesterday for the first time as a re- I was curious. And he's pretty articulate on there, too. But he had a lot of great stuff to say. He talked about his history, you know, growing up and um, a lot of the stuff that he went through. And I've heard some of that before. But the thing that was really interesting about that was how that informs how he makes decisions now. His point of reference is I lived, I was homeless. I lived in a car for a long time and I had $4 to eat for a week or whatever the deal was. And so now his point of reference when he's making choices and he's getting these opportunities to do all this stuff is like, if this goes wrong, I lived in a car. It's not that bad. Like I, I can do that again if I had to, you know, now I have a family and stuff. But so it makes him a little bit more fearless because he's been in a place that was pretty awful for him and he survived it. And so now he's he's like taking life by the horns. Uh, but to hear him talk about it was it was really pretty cool. And I, I have a different type of respect for him, you know, as a like why he's making movies the way he ma- makes them and why he makes the business decisions that he makes and stuff. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then we had like a, a dinner speaker dinner kind of thing in everybody kind of swarmed him and wanted to talk to him and get to know him and everything. And I walked by and I was like, Hey man, I want to meet you at some point, but I know you're busy. And he was like, no, let's meet you right now. And I introduced myself and I said, he was in line for food. And I said, now get your food. We'll, you know, I'll try to catch up with you later. And then he ate and hung out for a little bit and then bolted like before the party. Uh. was. (laughs) So I got to like say hi and shake hands, but I never had to actually talk to him. I wanted to talk to him about making something for three, six, eight with him. I thought it'd be cool to like build something to put in the place. So if anybody has a connection, you know, try to hook us up because I think it would be fun. Um, here's another funny story. From that same party, I, wa- I, was, I had a great conversation with a couple of people. And then I was kind of wandering toward the door. And I was going to like, I'm going to kind of slip out of here, you know. And I look over and there's this dude and he's, he's got tiny hands on his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> so... I, I, I was like, hey, how you doing? And Or somebody said hi to me or something. And I went to shake his hand, and he has two of these tiny hands, one on his pointer finger, one on his pinky, and he goes to shake my hand with him. And I looked at him, yeah. and I started laughing. And I said, oh, my friend has those. He has, like, a whole box of them, and he uses them in his videos. And he kind of looked at me, and he was like, what? Wait, who? And I said, his name's Jimmy. We Like, we do a podcast. And he was like, Duresta? I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, wait, you do a podcast with Duresta? <laughs> and he stood there and he was like looking at me for a minute. And he was like, wait a minute, who are you? And I said, I was like, oh, my name's Bob. He's like, I watch your videos. <laughs> it was so funny because in that context, like, you know, if you don't know somebody's going to be there and you just see them, you don't like 
whatever. But it was funny that the the tiny hands were the thing that started this <laughs> conversation. And then we got to he was like, oh, wait, I listen to you guys and I watch your all three of you. And anyway, so this guy was named Matt. Matt, if you're listening, what's up? Um, Matt and I talked for like an hour and a half. And in this sea of uh, marketing, online business people, there's this guy. And he's like, got these tiny hands. And I'm like, that's, that's, it's out of the ordinary. So we start talking and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I'm an artist. I, I paint and I do this and I do some other things. I'm like, sweet. Well, that's awesome. You make stuff with your hands. And his wife's there and she's like, he's being totally, you know, he's, he's like not tooting his own horn. Let me toot his horn for him. <laughs> so she starts pulling, she pulls out her phone and starts showing me pictures. Dude makes amazing props, costumes, super realistic super accurate, all sorts of stuff. They've like renovated campers together and he's totally a maker, totally an artist. He was there because his wife is into this. She had an online business and this, and he helps her with graphic design stuff. But he was there feeling the same way I was feeling about like, I just don't fit with these people. Like I'm not, you know, like I don't, or I don't know if I fit with these people. So he and I talked for like an hour and a half. It was awesome. And then the next day we ended up hanging out a lot and talking about all sorts of stuff. Um, it was just really cool because I, I kind of had the wrong attitude going into the weekend as in I, there's nobody here that I'm going to know I'm going to connect with. And then throughout the weekend, I, I met a bunch of people that were in, into different things, but were still, you know, amazing people. Um, I actually met uh, DIY Pete, hmm. you know, DIY mm-hmm. Pete, he was there and he walked up and he was like, Hey, I'm, you know, that was pretty cool. Um, and then I, I met a guy who I'll talk about at the end. He's going to be my pick for the week. But anyway, it was a it was a very cool weekend. Uh, at the end of the weekend, it took me a while to let myself get into it and everything. But I got a lot out of the people that I met. You know, a lot of inspiration out of talking to people and everything. So big thanks to ConvertKit for having me there, or Siva Seva for having me there. So that was cool. Um, and my talk actually kind of dovetails into. So I asked yesterday on Twitter if anybody had any topics, anything they wanted us to talk about. And there was one that is relevant to that. And so I thought maybe that'd be a good place for us to jump off. And then we've got other questions if we get done with that. So Bob, did you did you get your did you record your your talk in any way, shape, or form? Is it gonna be public or is it still just gonna be there? Yeah, they they had a, like a film crew and they did like a legit recording of every talk and everything and they'll put them up on the YouTube channel. So I'll oh, definitely cool. share it out. I don't have any clue when that will happen, but I saw I'll definitely. Share. How long was your talk ultimately? Uh, it was. They were all twenty minutes. Casey's. He was oh, like cool. the keynote, so his was like an hour or something. But right. and what did Casey just talk about mostly? What was the gist of his? Um, his was mostly just kind of his history and a lot of. It was a lot of anecdotal stuff about like, well, you know, I didn't know how to do this, and I, I just happened to give this thing a shot, and it turned into something else. And then I gave that a shot and it turned it into something else. It was a bunch of stories I hadn't heard. Some really interesting uh, taking advantage of opportunities and kind of seeing where they lead type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he talked about his growing up and uh, having kids and how that affected his choices. And he, he talked a lot about the Nike ad that he did where he he took the money from Nike that was supposed to be for an advertisement and he went on a vacation instead. Right. And uh, made a video. Well, did he go on it? Is that, he, is that where it's like this one? It's like at the beach or something. The the meme is that people at the beach. Kind of. So he, 
he had done two commercials for Nike that were just like typical Nike commercials and had athletes in them and stuff. And then they gave him, he had money for this third one. And he had this guy at Nike that he had been working with. And he called the guy and he was like, hey, I know you gave me money to do this ad, but instead we're going to, we're just going to go on a trip with it and we're going to film the trip. And the guy was like, just please don't screw me over. Like, this is, <laughs> this is my job, you know. So they went, they got on a plane, him and a friend, and started shooting video and they were going to travel the world until the money ran out. Oh, okay. I remember this video. I know exactly when you're talking. Yeah. About. So, and then they went back and cut it all together, and it's a fantastic video, and it did yeah. really, really well for Nike. But it was a gamble, you know, that he just kind of like decided to do. He didn't really get permission for it uh, from it, what it sounded like. And uh, but that was one of the points that he was making. It was just like you know, he could stay in this middle ground where things were safe and and okay and it would be all right but he was worried about being in that middle ground and david you said things like this too before like where if you get to a comfortable spot where you can just stay on this one thing it's not going to challenge you it's not going to like push you yeah. there's no risk to it but and this went back to the the homeless part where he was saying you know like if this doesn't work and it ruins my film career because i get blacklisted for being an idiot with money then I'll go back to living in a car. That'll that's fine. If it works really well, it'll push me forward in my career and get me in front of more people, which is what actually ended up happening. And so, it was interesting to hear that like the safety net down the middle was the scariest part of his of the options to him. And that's not the case for everybody obviously, but that was that gave some context to like why he is the way he is and why he does mm-hmm. things the way he does them. So, it's a, a funny, it reminds me of a funny circumstance that me and my brother always took chances with. For many years, I was in business with my oldest brother, Joey, in the toy business. And we would travel to Hong Kong on credit cards and stuff just to try and get some business going. And he said, hey, if all else fails, we could always just go back to digging ditches, which is a joke based on the fact that we used to install fences. So for many years, me and Joey would install fences or just do odd jobs while I was in art school. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... um even now today, my brother lives in a very expensive house. He's got three kids, two kids and, and you know, cars and wife and everything. And it's, he, we both still kind of joke about that mentality. <laughs> we were just talking the other day. We could always go back to digging ditches. So, you know, it's not, it's not above us to dig a hole for money. So, yeah, very similar way of thinking. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a really cool I, weekend. And I, um, I think we, Bob, you and I have had the conversation before of like, Hey, if this video thing doesn't work out, we have these other skills to fall back on. So, yeah. And, um, it for a brief moment, it felt like I was taking a, a huge chance. But then, as soon as I started, it felt natural, and it the, the fear went away almost right away. I'm like, I, this is going to work. This is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. It was like up until the moment of of switch it was scary but then as soon as that switch happened the fear was gone for me and it was like it felt like open road mm-hmm. you know like now i can do the thing i've been talking about doing for a year mm-hmm. or whatever yeah so, so the, the question that is relevant here i think then and there's several but this one's from adam byers um he said do you think that a channel has to be defined in consistent theme style to be successful 
i.e. could a creator produce an I like to make stuff style video with talking and VO, then their next video is more of a Duresta with no VO and still be successful. Hmm. What do you guys think about this? I have an opinion, but I, I've been talking a lot. <laughs> I have an opinion as well. And I think, um, yes, you can be successful, but you have more of a chance of being successful if you come up with a consistent theme and you stick with that. Uh, your audience ex- has expectations of what you make. Uh, and they your audience watches your videos because they like your personality, your style, and the things that you're making. I have changed my theme a couple times, and when I do, there's there's uh, people push back a little bit, but um, um, and eventually more people hop on board because I think I am going in the direction where I should be. So, and man, every um, every other YouTuber or, or or people like helping YouTubers, they all talk about you have to you have to be consistent and you you have to stick with the 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 style so i think yes you can be successful but you're gonna you're gonna reach success faster if you have a good formula that you stick to i think uh there's a with an audience there's a certain chemistry that you have to develop and it's really hard to to say what it is because i've seen youtubers that are extremely boring but i like them and I've seen YouTubers that are extremely exciting and very energetic and they annoy the hell out of me. So it's not necessarily a, an energy level. It's just a certain attractiveness. And <clears throat> what attracts anybody to anybody else is like, what what exactly is it? Nobody knows. There really is no formula that's always dead set that's going to work every time. Because if it was, you'd have lots and lots of successful YouTubers. I mean, I was going to talk about Bobby Duke. I mean... Uh, Bobby Duke added 700,000 subscribers since we were all hung out with him <laughs> in May. Good grief. <laughs> <laughs> he made a video the week after we got back from uh, England. It's over 30 million views right now. That's, well, maybe 80 million views, I think. Insane. I forget which one. No, I think it's 30 million. Because, wow. uh, yeah, it's uh, he makes the little Bowie knife out of a bolt. So y- you just never know. It's really hard to tell. And and Bobby's been doing cool videos all along. And we actually hung out quite a bit and talked. And he's going to come to my house in a couple of weeks with some friends. He's coming up with Nick Zametti. We're all going to hang out. But um, we talked and he said whenever he does videos and he doesn't talk, they didn't do well. But when he talks in between them, those are the ones that did well. So he goes, so I just act like an idiot. He goes, I just do my <laughs> silliness in between. I mean, he said it affectionately. And it's working. He's getting hundreds of millions and millions of views for really cool, interesting, small little things. So he got, he got into this whole, he's carved stuff out of other things. So he finds an object and makes it into something else. He made the samurai swords recently out of old screwdrivers. And that video is into the millions of views. And it's only been a couple of weeks. It's been up maybe a week. So it's really hard to nail it down. And he didn't hit the ground running like that. It's only been in the last few weeks that he's really starting to catch on really, really big. In the last few months, I should say, and he's he's a hundred a million five hundred thousand. I think I, I was just doing a little research on him yesterday, thinking about what he's doing and how well he's doing, and so I was just looking at his numbers, and it's incredible. It's really incredible. So it goes to show you that 
anything is possible. You know, you just have to tap into that chemistry of whatever it is. It doesn't necessarily have to be like the other day I did a video. I didn't know any other way of showing the video where me and my friend Steve made knives together. I could have shown it in silence and I could have included it as a segment in the vlog, but it ended up being about 12 or 13 minutes long. So I just did a little in the corner conversation about what was going on just to help out some of the parts of the edit, which didn't really tell the story on its own. And people loved it. They're like, oh my God, this is great. We really love the style of you talking through something. And so uh, I might do that more often where I'm just like a little voice in the corner of the shot. Not necessarily a voiceover, but you see my face the way I'm looking at my face right now in the corner of the screen while talking to you guys. And that's something, you know, I'm year seven now. I wouldn't have thought of doing that unless this video dictated the need for it. And I put it out. I wasn't even thinking about it. I just put it out and a lot of people really received it positively. So I do that. I do vlogs where I talk directly at the camera. And, you know, that was a risk for me. Now, I mean, I have a certain percentage of people that can't stand those and they always comment, go back to building something. You used to be cool. You used to make things. And I have people that say, I love these. I mean, when I put out the vlogs and I look directly into the camera and I say a couple of things, whatever it is, or like I, I had the little meeting with my dad on my last vlog, my dad and my mom. So many people write me private DMs saying, that's like such a beautiful, inspiring thing to see your dad proud of your family name and stuff like that, which otherwise wouldn't end up in any video. That's stuff that I used to film and never show it to anybody. It would just sit on my computer because I wouldn't know what to do with it. So now I have an outlet and a, and a record of my life for the last 72 videos in a row. Those are the vlogs. And uh, so I'm, I'm proud of them. I'm very proud of them because they definitely developed and they still develop. Every time I do one, I always add a little something. Um, mostly because the material dictates it, not necessarily because I'm consciously trying to make something new. Um, I don't think you really need to, to, to stick with one particular style, although I will say, uh, agree with the, Dave, that it will help you at least for a foundation. And my example is I did, you know, the so-called classic the rest of videos where I made a little something within six minutes and I didn't talk until... Like four years in is when I really began to talk. I, I do want to say, if you're just starting your YouTube channel, you don't have to have that style for the very first video. Like use use your first fifty videos as as a as a uh, testing the waters and see what works and see what fits you, and 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 what your audience reacts to. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with both of you to a point. <laughs> uh, I, so. This is close to me because this this has always been something that I've dealt with and struggled with. And at the beginning, I didn't really know how to handle it because I would be interested in doing woodworking one work one week, and then the next week it'd be something else, and then the next week it'd be something else. And so it's not a style difference, like he's talking about, but I think the same thing applies. So I I have still, after what, five years now have had have people that come in and say like I wish you would go back to doing whatever woodworking or whatever it is that they came in on and it dawned on me at one point that you know when you do a bunch of different types of things this works with style too people are going to find you through a single video and they watch that video and that's the thing that they imprint onto you and that's what they expect and like David was mentioning expectations I think this is all about setting the expectation of the of the viewer whether it's style whether it's topic whether it's presentation, whatever. Um, 
So people will be disappointed with me when they come in through woodworking and then they see me do a 3D printing and they're like, oh, that's not woodworking. I wish you would go back to woodworking or vice versa. Maybe they come in on 3D printing and they're like, I don't metalworking. I can't do any of that. I don't care about that. But the thing that I've tried when I got conscious of that, I've tried to set up the expectation for the viewer as you don't know what to expect. So I'm, I'm intentionally making it so that they don't know what they're going to get week to week to week to week. And I think now that that precedent has been set for me, people ex- expect that. They expect that they don't know what they're going to get and they look forward to it. And I've actually asked a lot of people, like, what do you think about that? Do you want to see hints or, you know, glimpses of a, an upcoming project? And they said, no, we actually like to be the surprise because we never know what we're going to find. So... Mm-hmm. I think it's totally doable to have different styles, to have different types of videos. It helps if there's a thread that runs through them. Like if you have a cooking video and then the next one is, I, I, I don't know, something entirely different than cooking, that will definitely... Printing. like Well, yeah. That, I mean, like David was saying, that will definitely slow down the growth for sure because you're not going to get a groundswell of like woodworking, 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 and everybody knows you for that and everybody looks to you for that and then you get picked up you know, in relation to all of the other woodworkers, the groundswell there can be a very real thing and can help move a channel along much faster. That being said, it's totally possible to be successful or to be, to feel like you're doing good work and getting in front of people by doing different things. I think having a connective tissue between the videos helps a lot. And I think it's all boils down to setting the expectation of the viewer. And that takes time. And that's something that you're always going to have to fight a little bit as you add new viewers, because every one of those people is coming in for the first time and you're going to have to, you know, kind of bring them into the fold and be like, okay, this is what you came in on, but that's not necessarily what you're going to get next. You know, either be okay with that or this is not the channel for you. Well, it's funny. That's why Jocko's name is Jocko whatever. He said, because he doesn't want to nail himself down to one thing. He specifically had that conscious decision in the beginning to call himself Jocko whatever. So he could do whatever, but he said it, it kind of backfired when he had a couple of viral videos there when he's shooting the darts and making the, the fidget spinners. He's saying how uh, a lot of people come to him and go, oh, this isn't what I expected. Yeah. But he's standing by that jock or whatever, and he wants the ability to do whatever he wants, which is obviously his freedom to do so. And he's a great, interesting channel. Yeah, I agree. So. But, I mean, there is a there is a... a through line on his videos like even if they're different and i mean for all of us too it's there's a through line yeah. that runs through i mean there. it's the personality it's the personality of all of us I, I always tell my students uh if you create a portfolio you know i take i get my students at year two but by year four i say you just got to keep creating whether it's editorial layouts or graphic design or business cards whatever it is you just got to keep creating and then your personality will be in all of your work. People are going to go, oh, I know who that is. That's so-and-so's work. Even now, I get people, tell, like, for instance, Blackbeard did a vice restoration, and two people emailed me and said, I really love the vice restoration. And I go, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Blackbeard. Huh. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's, there's a certain style. And I'm not saying he knocked me off in any way. We met, and we met when we were all in England together. He's a good guy. Um, but, your personality will start to transcend your own personal work because people will start to say, oh, that looks like so. And people email me like gory pictures of guitars all the time. And they're like, oh, this, did you do this? I'm like, I didn't do that. 
or like anything with a skull on it. Like, oh, did you do this? This must be yours. Even when you Google duress the guitar, there's a couple of my skull guitars show up and like 10 others that people think I made. But hmm. that's, you know, that's the, the consequence of having a long portfolio, long, many years. You start to develop a personality. And uh, if you're starting a channel, my advice to anybody starting a channel is just keep making content and you'll start to find your way. I mean, I know I have a, f- uh, a hard drive with a folder in it. And in that folder are, are all the movies I made. It's my backup hard drive. And it's got over 740 videos in it the last time I looked. And that's videos that I made, vlogs, videos for me, videos for, for Make Magazine and videos for everybody else that I've ever made videos for. So that's 700 videos and some of them, not all of them are published, but you know, a good percentage of them are. And make anything 700 times and your personality is going to start to develop through all of them. Yeah, so. totally. I agree. Um, cool. You guys got anything else on that? I wouldn't overthink it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Because a lot of people overthink those first couple of videos. This is a, there's one personal friend of mine, and uh, you know he's trying to get on YouTube, or he is, he can be on YouTube. He just has to pull the trigger. And uh, you know, I encourage him not to overthink it. Just put it out there because, again, it's like overthinking the very first step you're going to take. It's like, well, is it going to be perfect? Is it going to be? What if I trip? What if you know you step and walk every single moment of your life? If this is what you want to be your career. It's just one in a thousand steps you have to take. And yeah. If you don't do that first one, you're not going to do the second one, and that's the end of it. Yeah. And, and with that in mind, I mean, you look at the state of media now and how people consume videos and how many videos are being produced all the time. What you do now most likely will be completely forgotten in a very short amount of time. And that sounds negative, but what I mean by that is like the next thing that you do is going to be the new thing. And the next thing after that is the new thing. And people want to see. People rarely go back to like the beginning and watch everything you've ever done. There's so much content out there. So like, you know, get your mistakes out of the way, learn from them or get your style figuring out out of the way or whatever and just do it so that you can get closer to being current, making the thing that you want to make and feeling confident about it. You've got to start that stuff and like just plow through it. And then to, 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 uh, to ward off anybody that says this conversation is just about YouTube and business, that goes for anything. I, I meet people all the time that say, you know, no interest in YouTube, no interest in social media, but they watch what we do and they say, you got me out of my, my locked up holdup that I put on myself because I wanted to make it perfect. You know, this is an ongoing theme for all of us. I wanted to make it perfect. And watching you just make something and never use a ruler Obviously, I have a lot of experience, but that gets people out of that locked in. Oh, my God, it has to be perfect. It has to be within a hundred thousandths of an inch and this, that, and the other thing. You got to make that first step. You know, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. That's a dumb joke I say all the time, but, you know, you got you to gotta practice. Yeah. And it's all practice. I, I, I made three bolts uh, in the last, I think I just talked about it just right when we got on air. I made three bolts. The, this, the first one came out perfect. The second one I destroyed. And the third one was better than the first one. But those three experiences are just built onto my knowledge of machining now. And I'm going to do more. Sweet. You got to do 700 I could have done that first one. Yeah, <laughs> I could have done that first one and been discouraged and said, 
oh, I knew I shouldn't have tried this, uh, you know, if it didn't work out. But it just, uh, you know, you got to keep, you got to keep on keeping on. What else are you going to do? What else is, what's your other choice? Mm. Go sit in a cubicle? Yeah. So, no one likes that. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, there's a bunch more questions here, but we're we're pretty far in, so maybe we'll save some of those for next week. Um, Want to do a quickie? Um, yeah, we can do one more, I guess. So uh, this one's from Awesome Dave. <laughs> uh, he says, how do you guys practice new skills? Do you take the repetitive approach, or do you find a project that involves that skill that you want to learn? Personally, for me, I do that. I rarely learn a skill unless it's required by a project. A case in point is my bolt project. I went on McMaster car to buy the bolts for this new paper cutter I bought in pieces, and the bolt size didn't exist. I would have never thought to have to make an 1116-11 bolt. Never in my life would I have thought that that's something that isn't easy to find. <laughs> I, I, I Honestly, when... Uh, I was taught by Kevin how to make a bolt. I'm like, that's really cool. And in my heart, I'm like, I'm probably never ever going to really need this skill because I'll just go and buy any bolt I'll ever need or I'll custom make a bolt or I'll get a piece of threaded rod and weld a, a cap nut on it. I don't necessarily need to ever have to make one of these. But I made two yesterday and I have to make another one. So A, I, it's great to have gone through that experience. B, I could say, look at that. I made that. And it's a very proud feeling. And now I, I will start to think of other reasons to do that where I otherwise thought I could buy a circumstantial piece or a circumstance where I could buy the piece. But now that I have the confidence to make it, I'll be like, oh, you know what? I could make it in brass, which doesn't exist. Or I could make it in another material, which doesn't isn't as easily as purchased. So yeah, a project is definitely the way to go instead of always experiment. Like right now I'm, tr- I'm experimenting with casting in my f- smelting forge and it's kind honestly, it's kind of directionless cause I don't really have a project. Uh, I didn't, I'm not really urgently trying to figure it out, but if I had a project, uh, whether it be for client or even it's just for my own personal gain and that's what I need, I need to define a project and then that will define the process. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Anytime that I try to practice a skill, um, I, and I've done this with digital painting and drawing and, and other things, I get bored with it really quick. So unless I have uh, a need for it in a project, I'm not really that excited about it. And so, uh, you know, that, that first time in the project is, uh, I, I kind of like that that do or die. Like, this is going to work or this is not going to work. And in most cases, it usually does work, and maybe it's not the best, but it's encouraging, and it makes me excited about the about the next time. So finding that that practical use for that skill is is necessary for me. And I'm looking up at my shelf right now, and I have hundreds of books on different subjects, and I just like having all these books here because I don't have most of these skills in the books, but if I ever need to, you know, there, there's a book on um, repairing furniture. I've never repaired furniture before, but there's a reference right there where I can go in and look and like how to do this particular thing. Yeah, totally. Sweet. All right. Well, um, before we talk about what we're watching, uh, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. We've got a new new patron. Oop, I just dropped my headphones. Hold on, please. All right. Got a, a new patron uh, this week, and 
We actually lost one as well. But he sent us an email and talked about why. And I thought that was really super cool of him because he wants to support more uh, smaller creators. And I appreciate that. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, big thanks to that. But I um, want to shout out Make, Build, Modify, Chad from Man Crafting, Dora Sharir, Nick Ryan, who's the new one, uh, Works by Solo, Corey Ward, Evan oh. and Caitlin, and Wise. Nick is my homeboy. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Nick is a great guy. He's been to many of the classes. So, oh. Nick, thank you, buddy. Well, right on. Um, so, yeah, them and everybody else that helps us out on, on Patreon, we really appreciate that. And um, I, it was funny because I was at a one of the sessions at ConvertKit, the Craft and Commerce this weekend was put on by one of the people at Patreon about, like, why that model for funding something is good. And I went to it just to see if they had any new information or anything that I hadn't. And it was stuff that I pretty much already knew. But she was asking questions about, like, well, if you were to have a podcast or if you were to have this, like, how would you use Patreon? And I got to use our example of having the after show as a good way to give patrons something extra. And so I got to call that out in the class and she was like, Oh, well that's a, that's a great idea. Like I wonder how many people do that with podcasting. And so it started a conversation with a bunch of other people who were curious about Patreon. Anyway, I thought that was really cool. If you want to, uh, get the after show, which is more of us talking sometimes secret stuff, <laughs> go to Patreon, patreon.com slash making it and uh, any level of support over there. will give you that after show. More of us. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's what everybody wants. David, what you got? And, and can, can I also say that no. we're also very relaxed in the after show because it's not, it's like a certain sense of relaxation. It's like we're in the green room yeah. Yeah. before the show starts. Sometimes Jimmy has pants on. Sometimes. Sometimes I take them all. Sometimes. <sighs> David, what you got? Uh, my video pick this week is Artismia. Uh, he oh, carved yeah. a stone fish out of a stone, obviously, and it's really impressive. Like, uh, I don't know how anybody can. I, I just don't understand carving, and and how somebody can see the uh, a three dimensional item out of a out of out of a rock, and it's amazing. There's a um, there's a point in the video where something breaks, and he's like. Ah, crap. And then just works around it. And then you can never, you can't even tell in the finished project. And it's it's just cool. And I like what he does. He's very artistic and he's really good at what he does. He's a cool dude. dude. I met him when we were in hmm. Cleveland. Nice. Um, I'm going to talk about somebody we both, all three of us all know. Uh, Martin from Wintergarten. Is he Wintergarten? Garten? How do you say that? Garten, I think. Wintergarten? I wish I knew how to say that accurately right now. But, uh, Go check out Martin's channel. He, I've talked about it before, but he's making this crazy marble machine music music thing. It's his second one. The first one he made has got like 100 million views, some crazy number on his first video that he put up. And he's also about to break a million. I think he's close to a million subscribers. Oh, yeah, he is. And uh, Alex Steele hit a million subscribers yeah. this week. So congratulations to Alex. Yeah. And he made a knife out of gold. And coincidentally... My last vlog had a gold brick. I didn't realize I did the same thing as him. I wasn't trying to bite his style. So, Alec, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, but check out Wintergarten. He's making a new marble machine. And it is so complicated. And the buildup is incredible. So this thing is going to sound like 20 musicians playing when it finally gets going. All the, dig- the, the, the minute details that he's thinking through, it's incredible. It's like the mind of a genius exposed there. 
and everything is brand new. He's making up all these parts as he goes and solving all the problems of the magnetizing, demagnetizing. And every one of his videos shows the process of this new marble music machine he's making. And he also does reviews of other mechanical musical making machines, which is pretty cool. I think every Wednesday or every Monday, he does a video on an existing one. So check him out. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Um, so mine is actually somebody I met this weekend at the at the event. A guy named Levi, Levi Allen, um, was there. I think he was hired by the company to film the event. And so he was running around with the camera the whole time and uh, came up and talked to me a little bit because he, he's watched some videos. And so we ended up having a, a couple of decent, like decently long conversations and really nice guy, really good with a camera. And so I went back and looked up some of his videos and there's a there's like a few reasons why I, I really want to recommend him. One, he's a cinematographer. He makes videos. He teaches people how to make videos. And he does a lot of like action sport type, you know, outdoor stuff. And so the videos are beautiful. Like he's really good with a camera and capturing stories and moments and stuff. He wants to teach people how to do that, which I think is really cool because that feels like something that doesn't maybe get shared. That specific genre of filmmaking maybe doesn't get taught so much um so that's really cool he also wasn't a runner i've been running more lately i'm trying to get back into it and i'm trying to encourage other people to get into it he wasn't a runner and decided that if he ever got the chance to run with casey neistat he wanted to be ready this is pretty funny so he used casey's like 10 mile a day thing because casey i think runs about 10 miles every day he used that and casey's pace as his benchmark started running every day to try to get to that thing, okay? And he made a video about this that explains it and shows kind of some of the progress and everything. He started doing that maybe 10 weeks ago. I may be wrong about that, but he got to where running that much every day was like a thing that he needed. He got so used to it. Mm. His body started changing. He got more healthy. And then this weekend, he and Casey went on a run together. Uh, and it was wow. it was super cool, That's you know? Amazing. Yeah, so it worked out. I follow him because I first saw him on uh, Pure Life for Living, the guys that are building their house out in the in the woods. Mm. And he's was doing some filmmaking for them. And I saw him and I just started following him a few months ago. So awesome. It's funny that you burn him up. Yeah, he was a really cool guy. Um, and somebody I'd like to, to stay in touch with what, for sure. What's his name It's again? funny. We talk about... Per- Levi Allen. Oh, yeah. His, uh, yeah. Talk about personality. Um, I just, I liked him in that one video I saw, so I just clicked on it, and then I just started watching it. I haven't watched him recently, but when I first found him, I watched a couple of his videos, and I just liked the guy. Yeah. I just liked his filmmaking style and his approach and his on-camera presence. And that, again, talking about that chemistry, you just really, it's hard to define, you know, and it's not the same for everybody, so that's why we all have different audiences. But... You just, you can't overthink it. You just got to be out there. There's always going to be somebody that is attracted to what you are and what you do. Yeah, I agree. I think there's an audience for everything and you just got to do it long enough for that audience to find it, I think. Yeah. Okay. You guys got anything else? Not for this show. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Actually, I have one more. This is the personal plug thing. Uh, The day that this show comes out, July 6th, is the last day to get one of my posters. If you want to be if you want to support i like to make stuff on patreon separate from the podcast patreon uh at the ten dollar level tomorrow the seventh i will be taking the la- that list of people that are signed up and i'm going to order posters 18 by 24 five-year anniversary posters and send them out to everybody for free so if you want in on that do it now it's a beautiful That's poster it. 
No, thank you. I'm really excited about getting that poster. Yeah. <laughs> cool. You guys got anything else? That's it. That's it. I'm a little hot. I'm a, I'm very hot. So you can turn it. You can turn on. I love air. Turn on the fan oh. in the after show. I love. I love air. Conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Oh. All right. See you guys next week. Have a good. Well, I guess it's the fourth is already over. Whatever. Have a good weekend. Bye, Bobby. Happy birthday. Bobby. Thank you. Anybody call you Bobby? My parents. Anybody call you Bobby? My parents. Oh, Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> now I'm gonna call you Bobby. Oh, great.